welcome back guys to the show episode four and this week we're going to be discussing the topic of black history month as we are part of black history month and as you know we still have the same cast so big up ayano big up jolando and your boy alesto so ayano black history month how do you, how, how you feel about black history month um well as you all know we're at the end of celebrating this historic black history month and i think that. I don't know, I wasn't really out there to experience what we did for Black History Month, but I'm excited for you guys to be a part of the discussions that we have for you. And I think it's going to be very important for us to have this conversation as it kind of summarizes and acknowledges our culture, our people, how far we've been as black people, but not only black people in the world, but black people in St. Kitts and Nevis. So I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Same here, and uh, Ayana mentioned that she didn't see much of it, but as a teacher, I actually saw a lot of it, especially this past Friday where the kids and the teachers had on their African wear, and not only them, oh, I saw those. but really cute. people in different businesses, and it was just so exciting seeing them celebrate they wore them our to history, yeah, even to even church as church, well, just uh, taking part in uh, celebrating who we are as a people, you know, it's our heritage. So yeah, I'm pretty excited to just chime in on the topic. And as Ayanna said, feel free to join in the discussion. We love your engagement. Mm -hmm. So, go ahead. So, so our first topic tonight is culture. So we just kind of started it a little brief tonight. Um, like I said, I must commend all of the persons who came out. Well, first, before you get into that, I want to acknowledge <laughs> the fact that, um, well, as we mentioned, this week would be um, this episode will be touching on um, Black History Month and the general question that we are throwing out tonight is how has slavery impacted us in St. Kitts and Nevis? And not only in St. Kitts and Nevis but us in the region and international at large. So the first one that we decided on was our culture. So coming from a culture of um, predominantly being slaves which were brought from Africa over to the Caribbean and stuff like that and also being empowered over the years and having certain key persons really make a difference in history. I mean this month is filled with you know Bob Marley, Marcus, um, Garvey, Marcus, Garvey, Marcus Garvey and all these important social factors and social persons that um, mm -hmm. has really shaped black people to put them where they are today. Mm -hmm. um, so on the topic of culture we... Well how has slavery impacted our culture today because we got a lot of our culture from colonial days mm, so what exactly do you guys i mean well you know we could just go ahead and throw the carnival out there <laughs> 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 yeah. so and the carnival same from the market days on saturdays we uh, this as well this the free time the slaves had to themselves mm. they would uh, some would dress uh, mimicking mm -hmm. their masters and that's where you're finding the um, now, other ones said, well, you know, you got the bull, you know, you got the masquerade. You have one in particular, the way they actually used to dress like their masters. I don't remember the name of that particular costume, but mm -hmm. all of that is where carnival essentially stemmed from. And then to bring the discussion to the present now, we could definitely chime in and say, well, it's somewhat watered down from what it was intended to be. Because, you know, now it's not, the focus is not placed on. Do you think it's um, watered down or do you think it's developed? Um, a bit of both. 
I wouldn't really I, say I think it's a bit down, of both too. I, I think, think it's, a it's bit of kind of evolved. To put it nicely, it has, I think it's changed the, the, the it's like a It's like an integration of, of everything. And new and, yeah. It's an integration of everything. Not even of old and new, but even different cultures. We've seen different I cultures mean, being a part of our carnival. And also regional carnival in terms and, of how mm -hmm. they fed, how they party, how they live, and the energy that they bring. I guess you can't, we can't deny the fact that it has developed into something else. Mm -hmm. But 110% yes, it has been watered down because the focus is not even placed on what it was on the real folklore. On the folklore There's aspect, no yeah, we have the folklore, but how many people really are that excited to go out at the sh on the streets of Bastia to see the mask and etc. Yeah, my grandmother and my parents will be looking forward to that, but the younger people now, they're looking forward to the costumes and not only and not only can we say it has watered down as far as the folklore. Um, being not, I can't say diminished because it's still there, but as uh, in, less significant as it was. Mm -hmm. But so the focus it, has shifted. This focus has shifted, but not only that, just the costumes in general, how they cha evolved, changed into more skimpier, the skimpier costumes, the better. Right. That's the focus now. Right. It's not, let us know, honor what our ancestors passed on as passed on but, not but, the, but not even that, even the dancing. And you have to comment on the dancing because like a lot of people just say, Oh yeah, that's a culture. But is it really our culture? So I said the gyrating no, and the underground and the digging. Gyrating, walking up is our culture. Well, I know gyrating is our culture, mm -hmm. but the extent to which we do where we all on the ground and the man choking us and God's cock up on the wall. And like, it's like, what's behavior? The vulgarity, the vulgarity more of it. than you think it should be. It's just like all on your head. It's like, who could go on the walls? I mean... It's it, a part of having fun. It's a part of enjoying the moment. It's a part of letting loose. It's a part of all of that. But at what point can we say that we are celebrating our culture? When you see the two masqueries come, the two masqueries and <laughs> When the clown them come in, the two... Show the masquerade, the clown, the macajambi. And the bowl, the you know, the bill got the, the bowl. Yeah, we got the band that they used to depict um, whatever happens in the village. That the bowl? No, they used to have the way they dress up and one way the white and it's something. I forgot what it's called. That's the bowl. No, but that's the same thing I was speaking about. Yeah. That's when they were really mimicking the masters now. Yeah. We got mummies, we don't got mummies. I don't remember. No, no, it no, it's something else, else but I can't remember its name either. It's almost like they used to call it like. Children, uh, they used to depict what was happening on the plantation. Yes, and it was so basically like you having the if upper hand. Village, mm -hmm. Ayano was cheated on by whoever. They would depict the whole scene. Yeah, yeah. and it was like, a way of, of 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 standing up for their right and kind of doing it in a subtle way to get back to their mass. I think that. Was, but not only that, I think it was a way of. Uh, Expressing. Laughing after some of the things that the mass, it was them finding enjoyment. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, you're really thinking, but somebody, no, we're gonna laugh after you. This is our way of laughing after you, mimicking the way how you back. speak, mm -hmm. etc. So that is what it was. But I cannot remember mm -hmm. the name of it's it. It's crazy to think about that. You know, Zach is responsible for a lot of this folklore that we see around the country all year round, not only at carnival. And it's sad to see, it's sad to think about the fact that when these people die out, who is going to live, carry on the tradition? Because then it's going to just be taken over by mass, the, the, the costume, carnival costume, feathers, diamonds, glitter, jewelry. I mean, to me, the, Because it's already, it's already being watered down. Even the kiddies carnival, you can see that it's... That's true. 
That's true. I think I think eventually though somebody gonna have to take it up. Um, you know, Shannon right now is taking. I just want to say, my mind goes head on to the carnival committee. Carnival last year was a virtual party, doing a virtual carnival. one time. That going forward, they're finding more creative ways to keep carnival alive and keep the spirit of carnival. And generally, I think it's just gonna change. I think change is the only constant thing. So whether Zach is here or not, and you know, big ups to him every time. But I'm just saying that I think somebody gonna come around and see how we could keep the spark, keep the clown, keep the. But how do you keep the? How do you keep the engagement towards the folklore? Because as Jalanda said, people are more looking forward. On, on Greenlands, people are more looking forward to see people in the costume mm -hmm. and in the feather. In the younger generation, at least. lot of people not looking forward to the actual mm -hmm. folklore of the ball. Mm -hmm. and so that's a societal so, issue. So, so hold on, to go back to what, you, what I just said, I think Shannon, again, would play a major role in terms of being the head and the chairperson for Carnival to make sure that you ensure mm -hmm. of keeping it cultured. Most definitely. You know, so that, and that would answer our topic number two. Our topic number one, sorry. Um, of but, the carnival. Yeah, so keeping it really, really cultural, I think the chair. I'm really looking today. forward to carnival this year. I think when we get to COVID, I mean, guys, you could tell me if I'm wrong, but I think when we get to COVID this year, the next Juve, the next carnival, the next all of that, going to just be a different, different experience. Yeah. It's going to be a different experience. Especially basically missing a whole year, going into second year. I think it's going to just mm -hmm. give a different... And I, I think that a lot of people can, can't wait to even visit St. Kitts because a lot of people visit St. Kitts because carnival is our culture. Mm -hmm. So people are, going to, people are going to start in the whole Caribbean, mm -hmm. but St. Kitts especially. People can book their tickets very early just to experience carnival in St. Kitts. And I think that mm -hmm. kudos to um, the chairpersons of Carnival um, for the last previous years. I think that they did a really spectacular job of putting mm -hmm. St. Kitts Carnival on Sugar Mass on the map of international carnivals and I think that we could definitely compete with other um, other countries as it relates to the carnival. Agreed. So how else has um, our culture been impacted since slavery? As a result of slavery? As Jolanda said, we've, we spoke about the um, the kids in the African wheel. in the African wheel. What do you guys think about that? I think it's very, very. I think it's really a good initiative to keep the, the 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 children to nurture them from that innocent stage to understand and embrace culture as it is, and, and who we are as a people, and who we are as a people, mm -hmm. so that I they can grow up and be inspired and be able to really take it to the next level in terms of they are our generation. And either way, just like how we were younger, let's say 10 years ago, to where we are now, to see those younger ones look up to mm -hmm. us, and we also have to pave the way for the next generation. And that's actually what creates the whole, minimizes the generation gap, nurturing them and socializing them and teaching them that this is the reason and the principles and the values placed behind this. So I think, I, yeah, I love the whole African real. It has a lot of emphasis. Even we have the school, Basel in particular, I think I said at virtuals as well. It wasn't just the dressing up. We actually had the folklore perform. Somebody buys them who are more in schools, these schools, schools who, were, who are part of these different groups. They actually performed in the middle of the school. We had like a bull, the, the bull um, play. The ma little mask. So allow me to be the, the devil's advocate. Don't you guys think that it's culture appropriation? Because yes, they dress up in the African wear, but do they understand the meaning behind the patterns that they are wearing? Is it is it just a fashion trend or is it more of a this is 
I don't even know how to say it because it's like they are wearing so many varieties of pattern they don't even understand that these patterns signify different um, virtues or different tribes or different places in Africa because Africa is so Diverse. It's a it's a continent. I mean, and so it's like if to me it's a culture <laughs> appropriation. Me being the, the mm. devil's advocate, it's a, a matter of culture appropriating these African print to say what because we're black. No, no, no. I think I think people really understand the concept, and I think we live in a information. But to what extent? But Anna, just to because you don't know the meaning behind the pattern, you're just saying because we don't know the meaning behind the pattern, we shouldn't wear the African No, I'm clothing. just saying that. I'm saying that would you wear what do the Chinese wear? Um, jitsu suits? Would you wear that? It's culture appropriation. I to me I, I just honestly But the the Chinese heritage is not our heritage. So why would we wear jitsu suit? Is that if it's a sweat scar because I'm not sure to be honest. Is it's from when we came. We know where we came from. Mm -hmm. By blood. Mm -hmm. We are Africans by blood, so it's like why not celebrate that culture? But do we culture? have to dress in the clothing to I signify? I mean, honors them. It serves as to me. It serves as us honoring them and honoring our ancestors. I mean, I feel like the biggest me, I, question I you could say is why we don't do it year round, but that could no, be an it argument. Have to be year round, but, but I'm saying just, why can't why why is why can't we honor them by wearing their clothes? For the fashion of it, it's um it's like okay, for instance, it's it's a mentality thing because a lot of people wouldn't wear Afro all year round. They wouldn't they don't like their hair, they don't like certain things, they don't like their skin colour, but this specific day they want to wear African print. Some children here there's be in braids three hundred and sixty four days of the year, but this specific day you want to wear Afro. Why? So the issue is you don't think they should be honored? I'm trying to get I'm, why I'm not saying that they shouldn't be honored, but I'm saying that there are different ways to go around. There's nothing wrong with wearing an Afro, guys. I, I just have my ear, my hair out. But I'm just saying there's a lot of people out there who don't do that. <coughs> no offense, Jananda. <laughs> no. <laughs> no offense, Stephen. No. <laughs> I, I have, no, I have worn an Afro in the last year to just say it's, like, it's not for me. I just trying to understand. You make me forget my point. I'm, I'm just trying to understand the what's the issue. There are different ways to honor your heritage. There are different ways to honor your past. There are different ways to to pay tribute to than culture appropriation. But this is one of the ways that we choose to honor our past. So why is it an issue? There are different ways, yes. But the same how we try different because things. Even if what, even if we were supposed to. Chant something. I really say it's like it's like, like I wouldn't say that either. Would, if it was so me, much of a fashion thing, allow, it me, to, allow me to compare it to the breast cancer thing. There's a lot of people who wear pink, who are like October pins and everything, but have they ever gone to take a mammogram? The company does send out all of these flyers, and so we are pink on Friday, we are this, we are pink and jean pants, but have they ever went to a clinic to take a mammogram? How many? It's real, and it's a fashion thing. How are you so sure it's real? Because the statistics show, unfortunately, I don't have the statistics. Okay, so then that's what I'm saying. I don't have the statistics to show you guys, but it shows that a lot of women do not Like, what percentage have you come across? I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want nobody to misquote me. I'm not saying that nobody does go to a mammogram. I'm just saying, when compared to the influence the Breast Cancer Awareness Month have 
on the society, the number of persons who take action and actually go and get something done about it is far less than those who we are. Who we so are what pink. do you suggest? For me personally, I've just intervened. Mm -hmm. uh, for me personally, I think that in whatever way we can still acknowledge our culture. And going back, I don't want us to stray too far from the topic. I think mm -hmm. whatever way we could really take a moment, even if it's a month, and that level of, 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 of freedom, that level of, um, what's the word, being Embracing. empowered and being able to embrace mm -hmm. our culture is most important. So whether it's a fashion statement for some, I think just the fact that we as a people can that reach initiative. that mm -hmm. step to say, yes, this is what we identify as and stand in solidarity. I think that is most important. I and also for me, I think personally, the creativity that came with the different designs and stuff like that, I, I, I like that. And that's how we always are. I mean, mm -hmm. I remember yeah. looking at BET a few nights ago and they were even saying that um, just in terms of fashion, generally, we were always a fashion nebel mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. people that mm -hmm. we always put a flair to everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm a little bit <laughs> jeans tonight, but generally, um, I think those things just stem from our own uniqueness and really, really make us stand out as a people. I really I love to see the, um, as much as I, I was talking about it, I was just being a devil's advocate, but I really admired the, um, the fashion of it, like the little yeah. the children in it. There was so, like, the ideas, it just goes to show how like versatile our people are Correct. as it relates to... I was actually going to say, what do you suggest? How do you suggest we honor our ancestors? If, being that you think that this is just more If it is that we are okay with wearing the African thing, let's have it more than once a year. Now you said there are other ways. I wanted to hear those other ways. Of what? I mean, because obviously, other ways of what? Obvious, no, honoring, honoring our ancestors because obviously, yeah, may, they may be, they we may honor be it honor in many ways. We honor it during carnival. We honor it. Some people that have special special occasions mm -hmm. to to add to admit. No, but you're it. saying why do we wear the dress? Mm -hmm. You could do other things. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying, being that that is an issue during the month, what else do you think we should do in that month? Being that you feel like it's just in style and month, fashion. I cannot give an answer right now. But I'm, I, I, there I, I, are I, I, different I, ways that we we do honor our African heritage and where we come from as a people and how far we've gone as a people. And I think that if you're going to wear the African heritage or if you're going to have this to be, okay, this is a way that we are going to honor our people. It should not just be once a year. I would, I think what Jolanda is saying is that we can't just limit it just to the clothing, but we should limit it in terms of the culture, in terms mm -hmm. of even embracing it on a food level. Like maybe mm -hmm. we could yeah, try even dish, that. Ayana, we could try that. Even all of that. No, I was telling Ayano. Mm -hmm. oh. <laughs> yeah, so I would just try to oh. merge yeah. the two ideas. Cause, mm -hmm. um, I think what, 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 what Jolanda is saying is that maybe what, what we could also incorporate into our home, into our society, mm -hmm. even invite some friends over and say, well, let's try some African dishes or if you have any African friends, kind of meet that culture and really get a taste and a little experience of it. Um, I think that plays a major role. And, also and as we talk about that. Being a little bit broader. Than I mean, I was, overall, my issue isn't that we need to expand I, I honestly, um, I really love the idea of wearing a dress. I just wanted to hear from Ayano. What but else do she suggest? Some, some so that's, that, that's the um, reason. Examples yeah. as it relates. But I was going mm -hmm. to say, as he said, bring out some African friends. I don't even want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to touch that, um, that, that topic. But what about another way which... Um, slavery has impacted us. If we could wrap up, yes, um, the African heritage thing is our religion. Mm -hmm. 
that's a tricky topic um primarily because a lot of persons feel like we came into christianity on the basis of slavery but we did and um, <laughs> that, 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 that topic is very as far as it's wide because from what the history books tell us and i mean i think this is general knowledge and if i'm no, overstepping, uh, mm. please don't quote me but i know the history book tells us that the Europeans went down to West Africa and they converted the slaves to Christianity and then they brought them across mm -hmm. the, the, what's it called, the triangle? The, this, the, 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 the slave trade. trade. Mm -hmm. And um, by bringing them to the Caribbean, they brought them here as workers and they worked after killing this the one said the workers. They brought us here as slaves. And on Sundays, we they paying us $24 an hour. And Sundays, we had to, we were taught the religious instructions of Christianity. It was enforced. It was beaten into us. Yes, enforced slash beaten. So, what's the tricky about it? No, I'm just, I'm just trying to be politically correct. And it's uh, funny how it's, it's even further enforced in our schools, in our school system. I went, Mama Celia, eh? and, so, and that's a Christian school, a Methodist yeah. um, school. And mm, boy, it's crazy that you talk about Christianity and religion and how it's enforced because even going to Mama Celia, we see how that how the Bible and the teaching of the Bible and, 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 and Christian ways has been like really, really, really drilled into us to the point where we will get licks. We will get licks if you don't know a verse or a Bible verse or, because we would have um, a subject called scripture. And so this is where we learn about the scripture and the Bible and you had to know Psalms, all the Ten Commandments, you had to know all the Psalms, you had to know everything, you had to know. And it's, it's I think That's convent why, yeah. to Bevin went to convent and Bevin was telling me about um, singing hymns and so on and it's just like at a, at a young age it was kind of forced. Mm -hmm. It was forced. And not only that, even you could even see it in the seven days as well because on Fridays they don't have school. Friday mm -hmm. afternoons from twelve p.m. Yeah. yeah. So saying it has been enforced such so that it's not only one, two, three. Schools, I mean, if you're in a public school, is a private school, and a private school is what a private school. What I find school. ironic though is, not really. Not in, really. Oh, sorry. Well, what I find <laughs> ironic though is that um, in most first world countries, you have so many other religions that it's hard to really Enforce. say, well, I you know, is Islam, you are Christian, I am Rastafarian, and we all have different beliefs. So you, you can't really say when you come into the school at mornings, we're we going to have pray. a general devotion because how I pray or how I was taught to pray is different. So it's, it's all these little factors, I think, that really, really make us all unique. And um, I, mean, I mean, Islam, for those of you who don't know, Islam is still pretty heavy in terms of Africa and African culture. Mm -hmm. So it also makes you wonder now, like, was this the original teaching versus mm -hmm. reading the Quran versus reading the Bible? Mm -hmm. I mean, these are things that often cross my mind as a put an individual, and even Rastafarian. I mean, that came mm -hmm. from, from Africa. That's something that we, we, mm -hmm. we learned, and even down to now, we, we, we're in the, the month of health. And, but it's crazy that we talk about um, um, honoring the African heritage, but the African religions teaching and going back home to the motherland, like Islamic mm -hmm. preaching and Rastafarian preaching, we don't, we don't really study it. I mean, yeah, so we study it because in general, it's the Christianity is so forced upon us, such that we actually frown upon the other religions. And right. it's a fact, if you had to say, okay, if I'm Africa or Haiti or Cuba, you know, I was like, Haiti, I think it's Haiti, Voodoo, specifically. specifically. The religion is Voodoo and you'd be like, 
even without them mentioning their religion, if you hear where the person is from, you'll be like, let me step far because but even the they may believe in the religion. And to be honest, it's voodoo and obvious. They're practicing a lot of the places practice in Africa, so it's like that's actually a part of our oh, religion. Mm -hmm. I mean, ancestors' religion. So it's like, but now our culture has sh shifted so much due to slavery that we are now frowned upon what our sisters' religion was. Correct. Even I'm saying, saying like, like, like the Indian and the Indian and Muslims the and mm -hmm. all like the even like the African school. What is it? African school? I thought Africans just attend. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Wall it back. Wall it back. I, it slip of the tongue. You mean Windsor? Windsor University. I love them attend. I love them attend. I love them. I just clarify. It's an African school. Is, um, my bad. Uh, Canadian medical school. Crop that so, so It's just so happened that. <laughs> It you know, that they, they predominantly a lot of African students attend, attend school. the University of Windsor <laughs> School of Medicine. Okay, so a lot of them are, are Muslims <laughs> by religion, cool. and I know a lot of them would be hijabs. Mm -hmm. And we look at them, and we have this mentality as if like they are bad people, but they are just like us. They are. I think I am really I mean, the media have a word in The media plays a huge in because, you know, right. they pay yeah, Muslims as, as terrorists. As devoted mm -hmm. to their religion as we are devoted to Christianity. They're more devoted, devoted to their religion than us because yes. they actually pray for And they believe in peace. I like to just say that because right? I did my little research on... When you're mm -hmm. reading the Quran, you actually have to pray like five to ten times a day. And you have to Hindus pray all the time. Most so definitely. it just shows you that... They, and you know what? One thing I admire about the Muslim race is... They're so bold to pray. Like they literally mm -hmm. would put their, their 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 carpet down and pray anywhere. I mean, yeah. you see them on the train stations, on a plane. They would just anywhere. Because it's time, stuff. it's time to pray. But for us, we still have this stigma. Like it's almost like we don't want to pray publicly, or we don't want to. Not sure. You know, and then you you kind of push going to church to decide and. So I mean, if you like it today. I mean, what I could say though, constitutionally, these schools, uh the schools have to respect your religion. So even if you're a Rastafarian and you come to and you have a locks, even though boys, the healing has to be at like one inch or less. If you're a Rastafarian, you're allowed to wear dreadlocks. You're, you're allowed to practice your religion. So it's like even in schools, it's not a situation where they could um, enforce their, our um, Christianity upon others. So that's but good. Do you think that it's about time that we stop Teaching Christianity, Christianity in primary. our school, in our schools, in our school settings, because it's, the school is so vast with, with so many different children from so many different backgrounds. I think, I personally think it's time, let that be a household thing. Mm -hmm. Let okay. the household be but responsible. It's, it's not part of this school, any school curriculum. You, are, you attended a, a Catholic school. school. But even in so devotions, y'all just pray and so. No, yeah, we pray and what's not. But let's say, for instance, even if, I could say, as a homeroom teacher, if I am presented with a Rasta, a Muslim, I would ask, I, my reaction would be, would you like to offer a prayer from your religion first? So that's why it's not a situation where we must sing christian mm -hmm. songs in school when we're talking about the catholic schools now they mm -hmm. must practice those kind of i guess because that's it the school religion school. it is a catholic school but in the, the general government schools and what's not it's not that we enforce it on them that you have to sing this devotion but it's we a time, it's a time in the morning even if you come if we have to compare it to schools in america where america has so many again different so many cultures. different cultures 
there are times where people would actually get sued for even mentioning the word mentioning the word Jesus or, or, or God or whatever because my child is um, a Jehovah Witness or my child is a Muslim or my child is this. You don't know. I remember when I was in high school, there was a, a Jehovah Witness who was in my class. And she used to, she used to sit out of morning devotions. Because was she falsified for that? People look at her differently, but that's her, that's people did look at her differently. So you know, saying, school, I mean, you know, that's so, just, you that's society, out, so society you know. is judgmental. But I'm asking you, was she crucified on a ridicule? Not even just in general. Yeah, on a, why would she be? That's what I mean. So it's like I think it's just I think really us changing our social perception. I think one of the main challenges come that officially saying it's an Eve is a Christian-based mm -hmm. country. So it's very hard now to mingle and and try to differentiate and say, oh well, it's okay when a Muslim comes and it's okay when this and it's okay when that. I think like Jolanda rightfully said, I mean, it's on the the education system, the government system, the school system, the all these other factors oh, to kind of events. respect each other's boundaries. And I mean, this is twenty twenty one. You know, what I mean, everybody's not gonna sing the same song. You can also make the argument the that that we and, probably might not be so vastly diverse in terms in of culture kids. correct yeah you correct. Could also we only have a population argument. of sixty thousand. so realistically the muslim population is a lot smaller i don't know if you are like now in saying kids we have is israelite and, and, the other. and then we as in children so, that you'll find a few masks we, we don't we, we don't have any masks here yeah. mm -hmm. yeah. i need this so it's kind of i think we still have to keep it cultured and still keep our 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 history um authentic so uh, <laughs> You mean, is the Christianity, you mean? Yeah. Uh, keep it I'm glad that we have a history discussion because I think a lot of people are, are afraid to touch on topics like these because they may not want to offend anyone, but it's also important for us to bring awareness to the fact that we have to understand that our way of life now came from our forefathers, our forefathers post-colonialism, pre-colonialism, and all of that. So. Yeah. Sometimes we might just be following something blindly. Correct. You know, I don't think that a lot of people have to. Do I'm not it. saying Christianity. I mean, I'm just not just saying because things. you know that was. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I, I mean, I am blind because I feel all, over time, even though back then it was enforced upon us, I can say all of us probably read the Bible for ourselves, we probably understood, understood and the can... readings and adhere to them. I even have a scripture. Tatted and yeah, so it's like you be actually believe in some of the scripture. Read, well, most of them. But do you think the if the Quran or? was, if, if the Quran was, you had access to a Quran and you you identified with, I don't know if you call it scriptures or with a, a, a reading. Yeah. I mean, you, have you would have identified with that. Too. A lot of, a lot of the, the you would I've have identified the Quran with, mm -hmm. and a lot of the, the information about the same. You know, it's about it's about the same. exactly because I have just believe in different things. Like they still yeah. talk about um, the whole topic of eating meat and stuff like that. The pig is unclean and stuff like that. Same, same thing. Same thing with the Rastafarian. Mm -hmm. The same thing in Islam. The same thing in Christianity. Where they kind of, you know, but so the general teachings are the same. I think we're going to move right along and talk also about the crab in the barrel mentality um, and how society causes us to think that crabs in a barrel um, play a major role. Mm -hmm. So I'll read um, something someone sent 
about the crabs in a bucket mentality and you let us know in the comments if you could identify or if you have any experience with crab in a bucket mentality so it states crab mentality sometimes referred to as crab in the bucket is a way of thinking best described by the phrase if i can't have it neither can you the metaphor refers to a bucket or a pot of crabs Individually, the crabs could easily escape from the pot, but instead, they grab at each other in a useless king of the hill competition, which prevents any form, which prevents any from escaping and ensures their collective demise. Demise, and then, they further added, people say black people hold each other back like crabs in a barrel, conveniently neglecting the crabs' natural habitat is not a barrel. Who built the barrel? Jalando. I want me to read Yeah, no, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, essentially, I feel like every time we hear about the crab in the barrel conversation, it goes back to slavery and how, I think specifically on the ships and we're being brought, it's like, um, you want to be the one to get out of the situation of being enslaved and as a result you feel as though you have to betray step on your other friends family peers whoever maybe so the wait, other you're enslaved it goes way back to being on the slave trade no, honestly it's, it's always reference back to that like on that's the slave that's trade? What the, the slave trade yeah, yeah the conversation always goes back to that even on the plantation we are you want to be the, you want as, that's the boat that's i mean it goes yeah here about being on the boat as well because even on the boat some of them who was at the bottom of the ship um so for instance you weren't able to the last person be able to get the meal but because you know you're gonna get the meal last you're gonna kill the person next to you so you could get it you could be the person that next in line mm -hmm. yeah it goes back to the station then on the plantation where you want to be the domestic slave but you know this person's skin color is lighter than yours so you know you have to take out that person so that you could have the upper hand yeah it it always mm. references back to the slave trade, to the plantation. I know about the plantation. Mm -hmm. And that's where the whole know. idea of black people are our own worst enemies because we did what we need to do as a means of survival, but in the process, we chopped down our own. Mm -hmm. I think it's even bigger than slavery. Mm -hmm. I, know, I, it think, definitely. I think it's a culture and a mindset and a way of life. And I think we, we as a people just need to change. I think that <coughs> what, what, what always amazes me is how is it the Indians, the Chinese, and all these people have it together in terms of working together to open a business? A Indian, the average Indian family can move from India straight to Canada, the four of them, the mother, the father, the two kids, and then they send for the, the brother and the family and they live there. And at the end of it, six of them will live in this house for 10 years period, and all of them will move out and get their own house. How is it that... I can't tell Yano, I can't tell Jolando mm -hmm. for all of us to pool together our resources to be able to buy a house or buy this or start a business. But I could call on Yano, I could call on Jolando to go and party at whichever event. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and it's just, I just think it's how we, we, we are trained to, to, to think. Mm -hmm. And also, the, naturally, mm -hmm. I don't even know, let, let me just give you some rough statistics. <laughs> right? In America, BMW and Mercedes are owned predominantly by black people, mm -hmm. naturally. <laughs> Right? And we, I remember there, there was an article that actually said that black people is the only people that when they think that they have achieved success, they actually start to identify as white. Mm. On the basis of, we never have the concept of saying, 
you know, I, I, I've, made, I've made it. I've made my name. So let me try to help those around me to also have that impact. It's, it's more of, I did what I had to do. So I made it and everybody should I make it. Out, they get but that's not mm-hmm. the, the, the way. The way is a community. The same thing goes back to our basic teachings from home. I mean, our teachings used to be back then where it takes a community, a village to raise a child. But now it's... Nobody gonna hit me child, nobody mm-hmm. gonna this, nobody gonna that. Mm-hmm. You're getting involved in my affairs. But it, it, it goes all around because mm-hmm. realistically back then they realized and they understood the concept that even though Ayana might be my my, my mother, Ayana might not be around me all the time. But that mm-hmm. person who might see me could be able to guide and mold me. The same way where Ayana drops mm-hmm. up her child to mm-hmm. Jolanda at school. You know what I mean? It mm-hmm. also plays a role in terms of the holistic um, education, the holistic growth of that individual. I think that's where the mindset of black people just have to change mm-hmm. to kind of get us back on, mm-hmm. on track. But it's so funny that you say it's bigger than slavery, but ultimately, as it, the, in general, the entire conversation is about how did we adapt these type of behaviors? And that's how the whole conversation that I had, cool. with it was adapted from slavery, the survival of the fittest mode. Yeah. It's like they feel like they always had to, they actually, actually pitted us against each other, even as far as Africa. When you was on the, you had the different tribes. And because you know you don't want your tribe to be the one that's gonna be captured, you actually work with the white men and you set up traps, you use your men to set up traps so that the white man can go with that other tribe. So it goes way back to always having them pit us against each other. Right, Ayana? Yeah. When do you think that we will recognize that at some point we have to work together and not against each other? Because I think that the system is designed to keep us, to keep us at it, Dumb. you know? Definitely. The system, mm-hmm. the societal system is naturally designed to have us competing against one another. And it's crazy to think. I, it, so many things are crazy to think about. Because the Indians, they come to St. Kitts, they open up a one shop. All 10 of them live in the same in a, house. All 10 of them live in the same house. All they do is they go home. And, even and in a, less than a year, they don't have another outlet on the same street. Mm-hmm. But we as St. Kitts people, we like, oh no, another a shop done there already, can't go there. Mm-hmm. So me want go there. And then it's and then it's, to go Not out. only that, I think the whole conversation has been as, well, you know, it's Susie and me want to step on Susie too. Susie yeah. going to think I go a job. Like, that's a lot of the mentality that we have going on too. But as you said, the Indian issues, they say, well, let me join up and create pool. another electronic shop. Let me pool and create another electronic shop here. But us now, it's a situation where, as you know, the response you get from somebody is like, oh, she wanted bread up my mouth. You guys ever realize on Fort Street? I was driving up Fort Street last night. I was driving up Fort Street, and most of the most of the stores are not owned by local people. I think I could only pinpoint one, two, maybe three. Locally owned businesses. Locally owned businesses. It's more than three. Think about. It's more than three. Think about. No, it's more than three, but I could only wait. It's maybe like five. But if it if it is that there are ten. That's a lot. If it is a high number, realistic. If it is that there are twenty shops on Fourth Street, maybe only like seven of them is black people. Or locally owned. Locally owned. That's true. Think about it. Think about it, Jalando. Think about it, guys. I'm thinking about the ones that are owned by... I mean, talking about up still, you know. Sorry, I mean, talking about up I'm just talking on, on the street, on Fort Street. I'm thinking about the one that owned by foreign people. Because and there's a polo company that's... But Domino's is owned by um, the guy, the lawyer guy, Johnson. Um, OJ Billing is still... OJ... I think OJ. probably... 
the one that actually says Oje Complex, the kind of that was that was Omax building. That's yeah, building, Oje. Omax yeah, Gardner's building, Omax and Gardner's I'm, building. I think he's still in the family, so that's still, still black which one is Oje? Old. No, Omax is what. Omax is what I meant. But which Sorry. building it is? On the left, it's, going up four Street. It has a pink and white sign. Opposite Polo Company, right there right after you pass Central Street, which is okay, if yeah. Central. Okay, let's list them. That's one. So we said Domino, we said um, the whole area by TDC. We forget the woman who got all the clothing to store. TDC. The woman who got uh, the clothing store. All that's all that all that belongs to TDC. But think about the outlets. So the outlets, I mean, <laughs> not Winnie. But I mean the we area locally down to the bottom the by the Jamaican circles. Patty restaurant place. Um, the that's guy, locally owned. Yeah, she's Jamaican Patty. Okay. Um, the guy downstairs um, under Omar, um, Omar's mm -hmm. uncle, um, Sensia Fado. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and then beneath Omax Garden, so let's had the And then beneath. She's from St. Kitts? Yeah. yeah, and then beneath. She's from St. Kitts? I've mm -hmm. heard the accent. Beneath. Yeah, but they're, 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 they're and then beneath let's the Omax building, it got the, the um basket thing. I don't remember the name of yeah, it. Occasion. That's, lo that's locally owned. Beneath it has the clothes store. That's locally owned. Right above it has the jewelry store. Locally owned. Okay, we done pass the number. Let me go. Maybe we could go and put Dante. No, I mean, then we could go and put Dante. But in the heart of town, also local individuals own the businesses. But Dante, that's another bargain. I think it's too much. I think it's too much paranoid. Even the one on the corner, Polo Company, the other one on the other side. You got some more. The Chinese. No, the building with our BT used to be the building something else in there. The Lucky's one with BT, that's the building we meant. The one with oh. BT was. Lucky's Chukchidia, Cindy on that side. Come down some more. No, but Lucky's being Chukchidia, I think some is an individual on the entire. Uh, We're talking, about, thing, I'm talking you know? about the outlets, the business. I mean, oh. the business. And so I just inside think you got on the inside. Oh, you forget about Polar Company, who do you and the, and the thing? Westwick is locally owned. We're not talking about going to the. It's actually a Saint Ocean company, mm. so it's not. Well, we're talking about crabs in a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're straight up there, so we're just trying to get back on. The crabs in a bucket mentality, but yeah, I think that at, at what point I was asking the question: At what point do you think that we, as locals, will realize that we have to now pull our resources together? Because obviously, what. <laughs> individually in working up for us. I think people have to understand, I think eventually that the the society over the generations will get, get it together. I think but if right we don't now, teach them that, if we don't teach them entrepreneurship. I don't want to listen to my train to listen. I think right now we're in the information era where everybody has access to a smartphone, everybody has access to, to a cell phone, sorry. <coughs> cell phone, um, internet, everybody has a smart device or devices at home where you could actually Google stuff and check the history and verify information rather than just assuming. So I think mm -hmm. in, though, in that aspect, I think we are slowly changing and actually being more further ahead. I think last year in particular, um, in 2020 with the whole Black Lives Matter thing, mm -hmm. I think how it was dealt with, with the George Floyd and the, the various states and that came together and actually stood for the rights of human rights and the activism <laughs> and stuff like that. All that played a role in terms of, you know, the generation kind of uniting rather than being so divided. I mean, these are different examples, but I just think generally we're going to get it, but I just think we might be the last one. I guess we got to narrow it back down to the Caribbean because 
in with in terms of us and the george Floyd movement you know that whole thing was based on black lives matter Correct. but in terms of us building as entrepreneurs within the country and not be not bad minding or being jealous or grudging of each other in terms of us building that i guess okay. you have some seminars that we could try to advocate for how if you join better together <laughs> no but i was gonna say um it's important for us to realize that as much as we think that we are we have made it so far we literally just made it in terms of emancipation and independence it, we just got independence in, in in the 80s and this is only that's you only one generation below that literally so it is now our responsibility to teach the next generation what needs to be for them to teach the next generation for them to teach the next generation this basic ideology because our gen gen the generation before us our peer ones and whatever a lot of them didn't have access to the to the resources for them to now teach their children and be about about exactly well, about not only teach but set an example set we, an are, example. we are in a position we are as we could set examples because you know experience about pooling resources and about guess what? if you just about talk about money it, if you just talk about it, it's only so far the talk could go but if you set the exam and say listen here this occurred i mean we, we, us, us ourselves need to get ahead so why can't it just start with us being the one but we have i know i think all of us could mm -hmm. say that we know a friend who is the first in their family to graduate from university because our peer ones exactly because our peer ones or their peer ones did not have that opportunity we are the first like oh, yeah. our generation we're going is we, <laughs> the conversation not about how we're gonna pool resources to get ahead yeah as but we are i am saying that we are the first generation so it is them who didn't have the resources as you said to know so this happened to me i want you to know Break i want to teach you know but that's that doesn't that is not, that's not happening we just seen a lot of a lot of pure ones fighting down their family i've seen that so many times i've seen people pure ones not wanting the best for their child because I don't know for what reason, but I've heard I've, I know a number of people who can say that, like, yeah, my, my parents are fight downs. Why? I think it goes back to the question of where is it that um, they're just not educated enough to understand what you are doing, what you're trying to achieve, what you're trying to, to honestly, do? as I say, well, I think it goes back to you, the parents being educated on. For my child to achieve this or attain this or for us to be better in our lives, this can be one of the stepping stones. It's a situation where they never afforded the opportunity and so they feel as though you don't need it, you could get by it too. I think some of the times it's that. It's like them saying, them thinking, listen here, I said in your high school, you got the five years, man, you don't even go look at work to come help me. So they're not really thinking of the long term and of when you come up with a bachelor's degree or a master's degree that you might make up to six thousand dollars they're thinking about that they're thinking about the fact that listen here i've been slaving my back and working three jobs for you since you're born finish them 10 years of school and come 
come help your mother, even if it's minimum wage. So they're thinking about the short term goal of it. Mm -hmm. And that's where the issue is really with the parents. I don't think that they don't want the child to succeed. I think it's just that they, they lack support. They, they lack the support and they, they want the help. No, the financial support from their children. No, because some students actually drop out of school to help their parents, you know. Some of them actually drop out of school. So to that's how you parents. know. That for some parents, it's really just that they need the financial support from their children. And so they don't think that education is that important because they didn't have it. Do you think that contributes to the crab-in-the-bucket mentality? I feel like the crab-in-the-bucket mentality is a different conversation. It's about fighting I think that you down. Could try, you, could, you, could, you could connect it because it's like, that's just the mentality of that specific generation. But, but I wasn't and saying so that it, it they don't want you to get, you know, the cabin environment mentality is that I want to get, I want to be the first one to get ahead. So I mean, the so peer one's judging you like that. Societal mentality of the crab in the bucket, we are, the, the, the previous generation have this mentality of just do what you need to do to, to pass by. So our generation now is more like, I just need to do what I got to do to get by. And not necessarily like, I need to take time, talk about investment, talk about um, money management, mm -hmm. talk about different things with, with a group of friends because it's more like competition. You see, well, you see, for the crab in the barrel mentality is more of stepping on others to get ahead. Mm. So that's what I'm saying, when it comes to the parents, I can't relate it to that idea. Mm. When it comes to your association with friends, then we could go back to the crab in the barrel mentality. May I want to tell my friend about this business idea I have because may I want him to fit, even though you know, I got a thousand dollars, my friend got a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars. We could bring in a good amount of products and we could make a good capital from it. That's where the crab in the barrel mentality comes from. Let me just do it. I mean, one thing and tell her. Let me mm -hmm. be quiet about it. Let she said, yeah, I'm gonna tell, maybe I could tell her, go invest in something that, you know that ain't gonna, that ain't gonna be as lucrative as the business that I have in mind. That's where you see the crab in the barrel mentality. And you know ways that you could assist your friend in them boosting their business, but you choose not to say, because you want to be the one that's the billionaire before the friend. That's where the crab in the barrel, men, in the barrel mentality comes from again. Mm -hmm. I think the discussion was really, really fluid. And, um, I think I, I just like the gen general energy of the feedback. Um, you know, you know, you have any. I just want us to, and I'm speaking of, to our viewers, which is going to be our particular age demographic, to really, really in invest our time and money into thinking of ways in which we can better assist and better help our 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 brother or our sister or our friend, our neighbor different ways in which we can all work together to get by. It doesn't have, you don't have to do it alone. This, this, I could do it by myself, one man show type of thing. It's not really going to get you much far unless you have a brother to lean on, even mentally. Even mentally, some people have businesses, small businesses, and it's, going, it's driving them crazy. And they can't talk about it with somebody because it's just like a fight down. Oh, well, that you're but not only even that, you don't want the person to see your idea. So you yourself can even mm -hmm. express it. And it's I just think that we need the to... whole ideology and the whole, as you said, the whole mental and how we think is what really needs to change. change. Correct. Correct. Like, people really if this is your friend, your if this is your friend, people this is your friend. Really if you believe that your friend is, like, if you honestly feel as though you can't share a business idea with your friend and you guys work on it together, is that really your friend? You should ask yourself that question. I have friends that we've had business 
talks with, Same. that I've had business talks with, and never fight it down. It's like, okay, send me the page right away, when you're going to start. So, I mean, it's a cultivator circle. But also, to just to wrap up the, the idea, I think people need to also be able to receive constructive criticism. Mm -hmm. and so, be able to not take it personal, mm -hmm. and be able to have that discussion, that tough, tough discussion about where they see something going like for example i always use a simple example where if i go and start barbecue chicken don't come on the other side of the and start barbecue chicken um start with some corn start with some garlic bread to complement and ultimately we could pull our resources right mm -hmm. but um i think we kind of at the end of our show this evening no we have one oh, more sorry sorry um hold on Well, unfortunately, Sakyan is not here, and Sakyan would have been the perfect person to speak about this because he's the youngest of us all. But we, we spoke about how slavery has impacted us um, in Senkis and Nevis, but we want to also touch on what impact are we leaving for the future generation? How our, our, our culture as it is now, as you see it now, as you see it going and developing, what you see now happening, how is that going to now impact the ones who are in preschool, the ones who are in their mommy's tummies? What, do you th what kind of world, what kind of sinkers do you think we are leaving for these children? I can, I can go first. We can talk about how preferences has changed and how I'm pretty sure your parents <coughs> used to say, when I was young, X, Y, and Z. And we look at us now and just like, yeah, but we got technology. We got cares. We, got, we have better access to these resources. And so they would call us lazy. But we ain't lazy. Things are easier. So now technology has developed so vastly. This future generation, do you think we are going to be the ones to call them lazy? Or have you already seen it? That we are they're just on the phone, on the tablet, on the computer, behind the video game and just a one just eyes glued it to the technology um for me personally um coming from a technological background i think that the society that we live in today will only continue to be motivated and pushed by technology um as you see right now even to board a plane you know what i mean simple simple, simple thing is just so technology much traffic lights i mean right now we don't down here we're just getting our traffic lights um in most first world countries as well, you have this selfless checkout from when you go into a grocery store, which avoids the whole contactless um, system. Cashiers. You also have the Robots system taking where over when you drive the job. You know what I mean? It's so many, so many different things going on that's really going to change. But do you think that? Do you think that? Because there's a difference. You know, there's good technology and there's bad technology in terms of you can be using technology, yes, but you could only be using it for the things that are going to distract you from the real deal. Such as a lot of people don't know about different websites on the internet that you could just go and read, they just go on social media. You understand? So you don't get to learn about how 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 deep the internet is because you are just faced with Facebook or Twitter or Reddit or, or this. And so you don't really get to see me and buy in Dubai they got self-charging benches. I should I should when I go up I want to be like that. But it comes up. I feel as though the gap between how much it can change will draw back to how much we educate the future generation. I agree. I agree. As far as the kids know, yes, they are very technologically advanced. And I know I was saying a lot of them don't know the websites and what's not, like Google, mm -hmm. that provide a lot of essential information. But why aren't we teaching them those 
essential yes, website yes. that they could gain good information from why because a lot of the parents them can't be bothered and that's just, that's just a fact so i feel like to bridge the gap well it will advance but to br to more bridge the gap we need to focus on passing down some of our traditions our values our morals to the future generation in order to kind of hold on to some of the past and present. Mm -hmm. So as far as Black History Month, and values. Black History Month, if it was supposed to be totally watered down, honestly, it would be us. It would be us saying, um, listen here, yeah, you're putting on your cute little dress, you need to put on an African way to go to school today. That's on the parents, right? Or even in the schools, if you're going to say, this is Black History Month, Oh, you could just be all your mufti. That's on the school. Mm -hmm. Or even as far as the government, not recognizing it. So it's much, it's based on the government, the schools, the society, the different societal bodies to make sure that we try and hold on to these traditions and what's not. If we really want to try and bridge the gap between our culture being watered down. Even we spoke about carnival and how the fact that if, if these older people die, who has been pioneering the folklore for our carnival, if they die and a lot of young people not interested in taking it up, they would rather go into costume making for, with feathers and mm -hmm. jewels and, and things than to say, okay, can you make a masquerade costume or a clown costume or a bowl costume? Like, I remember one year, maybe they had like, I wouldn't like, maybe they had like five bowls from five different parts of St. Kitts. But now you're only seeing one bowl. And it's like, this, this, this is basically culture erasure. I feel like I just see two balls. Maybe two. But, but, what, I, bought, but I remember one Christmas but, I only saw one. Honestly, what I could say is that back then, you know, you might have only seen males in the masquerade. I see a few females. females so children too. I love to see when they to bring some extent, the little children in I'm the masquerade. I'm happy that it's not totally watered down. I like um, in the Christmas, particularly by my house, it has a masquerade group that goes around to different communities in general. But I could say because one always lands by my house. Some since I've been born have never failed. I can expect them on Christmas Eve. Yes, on Christmas Eve, I can expect them every Christmas Eve. So I can't, I'm happy that it's not totally watered down. It's just, as, as I said, up to us to keep it going because I'm pretty sure, I'm not sure if the gentleman in charge of the particular masquerade group has they probably not. But some of the children are so enthusiastic about it. Like, I remember, like, in one of the students I particularly teach, he'd be like, teacher, I in the folklore. Wait till you see me flip. And he was one of them flipping. And I was surprised because, like, yeah, like, he spoke about it with so much joy in his eyes. So it's like, it's up to us to really try to hold on to that tra the traditions of our society. What about our... I'm just going to throw this out there again. What about our... Um infrastructural development in terms of, for example, we can use our schools, our people who was in, who used to go washi, how many years ago? About 10 years ago. We, we don't pass through washi, washi still look the same. These upcoming generation washi still look the same. Same mashup there, same mashup cheer. Same, I don't know how it is with all the school, but at what point are we going to say, yo, we need to kind of modernize certain um, public... The real thing is that all of this funds... We need to modernize. Are we, when are we going to start to modernize? I mean, honestly, it, it's not even just modernization. A lot of the funds 
need to be reallocated to the schools, period. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the big, big deals, mm -hmm. to be honest. Um, maybe it's just an you know, funds being allocated during like, the budget, and yeah. that's why a lot of the infra um, infrastructure has not improved that wash. Allow me to, to, <laughs> to retract a little piece of what I said. When I did go to wash, we did get some new chairs and this. I remember, I remember they were blue. I don't know if they're still there. They were blue, and the desk, them were black. Yeah. We did get some new I mean, desk. some things are replaced, but in general, these schools could do a lot better when it comes to the funding. You have to remember also eh, that uh, most of these government led organizations are, uh, they, they really don't generate any income. income. Such but as Jelanda said, yeah, most of the uh, offices and stuff like that. So it's basically a lot, a lot of expense and really no return. And then they still have the programs in place, such as um, for self, those and self, and, and um, also have those where they pay for your exams, school, you meal. school meals, all these are quote unquote non profit organizations. But so when they're going to go bail, the $1.5 okay. billion school and got Bastel High School up there. The old bands of high school dilapidating and they got the children them chung. It's like my aunt was telling me that y'all Bastard High School, the, the new Bastard High School that they've built, a whole a whole class then went to from first farm to fifth farm. And so their high school experience is up there. You think that's nice? Their high school experience is chunk up next to be challenging. Anyway, in that, that infrastructure. I would like to add that, yes, it is a non-profit organization, but do you value your schools? Do you value education. the education that the youth are given? We do. Okay. I'd so then, finding for allocating a sufficient amount of funds to the, the institution should... I'm not How saying, long the school I'm, I don't even want this, to go into depth, into depth about take. it, but it's more than infrastructure when it comes to the school. The schools yeah. really do. Oh, Jalanda, okay, I'll tell you. Go ahead, Jalanda, finish your point. But yeah, <laughs> we were just uh, interrupted. <laughs> but but uh, as I was saying, I don't really want to get into details, but uh, the schools are really given the, the end of the stick. And, it's like and that's is the upcoming so it's like, Yeah, you might could just watch on the ocean and say, well, this school is generating the yeah. money, but some of this, the minimum stuff that could be provided in abundance anyway yeah it's like it's like you want to build this new school that is going to take how many years again to build that's another whole 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 class that make it from first farm to fifth farm with that with that being their high school experience and i don't think it's a good it's a good look it's not a good look and i think that we definitely need to start to reconsider um our, our school and our education and start investing more into the modernizing because these this generation are these people who are in high school are they going to be the ones responsible for helping develop our country and it's like if we don't invest in them now we don't know what the outcome is going to be when they leave school they might not even value school because I because the government ain't value them you understand so honest, and it's not even only <laughs> Anyway. They might not want to invest in themselves. They may not want to do anything because um, <laughs> our producer wants us to touch on the fact that history being taught in our classrooms. Jalanda, as a teacher of Bastia High School and as a teacher of social as a studies, as a student, 
who went to history class. No, I'll just how much <laughs> of, of our saints' history was really taught in school? If if saying his history was taught as a percentage, how much of the how much percent would it? We be? can really draw reference from social studies because social studies is when we reference is saying it. Mm -hmm. We could go to history. history because in social studies we talk about the national heroes in general we cover saying kids and when we touch regional countries we always narrow back down to saying kids so I can't really the conversation is not social studies mm -hmm. let us all use our per I don't teach history so now we we'll all have to use our personal experiences and talk from when we were in history class so for me personally <clears throat> um, I think that History generally in the Caribbean, especially in my experience going to high school, was quite unique because it actually focused on black history and it actually focused a lot on the the, the, the key highlights as they related to um, local, regional, international history. But strain, I mean, having a focus primarily based on black history. I think in the US and Canada and other first world countries, a lot of it is more British based where you learn a different history about what happened in their world, but not as much focus on black history. And I think it's really unique to go up in the Caribbean and really get that um, sense of passion and, and really understand what happened and what transpired. And like they would always talk about like the Buckley's riot and the different things in Sengit history and when we became independent. And they always started from that angle, I think, mm -hmm, which is really, mm -hmm. really unique and um, inspiring. I mean, I could say the issue with the history being taught is that a lot of the remedial classes uh, are not given the opportunity to do history. No, that's an issue. So it's like, uh, I think the producer is really talking about saying it's in particular, but as far as his story being told in the schools, it said that if you're in a remedial class, you might not have the opportunity to learn his story, which is ultimately our Caribbean story. But um, when it comes to saying his history being taught, I guess I could understand what Bevin is trying to say in a sense that more generalized discussions. I think Bevin needs to come and say what like, he's trying to say. <laughs> more generalized discussions in school that you get a lot of Jamaica, you get a lot of Guyana, you get a lot of Trinidad. Um, but then when it comes to saying kids, you might pitch out the Buckley's riot. We, at one point in time, we were leading when it comes to the sugar production. Mm -hmm. um, I think we were that like known for that. Next one, I guess yeah, the points them kind of the points them the the points are there, but versus other countries they're somewhat limited. Yeah, I think that yeah? the reason behind that is because they teach history for sexy, not history for saying it's sexy. So they would have to teach on what is coming on the sexy people. This is the syllabus. This is what we're going to talk about, and a lot of it is really centered around. The Greater Antilles, the, the larger Caribbean territories, these that really had a, a, a blooming Cuba, a blooming they they just have more mm -hmm. mass land and more history to talk about, more mm -hmm. more incidents to talk about. So when you compare that to Singh's history, sexy and putting about the Buckley's riot and nothing. And I don't I even think, think that we have. Cuba. I don't even think that we have. Uh, it's because we have less instances. It's I not think that we have. It's not that we have less. I'm just saying that it, the, the curriculum is so, is centered around these I, larger. I understand, but what I'm saying, anything, I think I think what happened is the whole superiority complex. You prefer to focus on those countries because the population is bigger, they're more known internationally, right. and at the exactly. end, it, and All at a result, the Leeward Islands are now left in. In the shadows. Of in the shadows. I beg to differ to both of y'all. Um, and, and I beg to differ on the basis that 
you have to realize that there's a world outside of saying it. And we can't limit our history to saying it and our five major events that might have happened here. I think understanding yeah, history. But no, it's no, different. I'm not, I'm not let me finish your point. Let me finish your point. Yeah, God. <laughs> realistically, even with, with, with general stuff, I mean, I, I'm in health, right? Mm -hmm. And what we've done when we started the Caribbean bubble is we looked at how it affects the region. We did a Caribbean bubble and we said, okay, realistically, this is what it was. And then you see what other countries are doing and then you kind of tweak your situation accordingly. So we can't sit here and limit and focus on on, on, on saying it's with not only factoring in the other islands. No, that's not what Nobody conversation. So I said that to say this. <laughs> I said, you can sit down and just learn about saying with history and make it the focal point. We have to Why? say be broad and round to understand and compare so you could make a reasonable judgment about something. Yeah, I think it's important. You know what I, mean? no, I, I, I understand your point in terms of not solely focusing on saying it, but the point is that the focus is barely placed on saying it. And it's funny that you say, we cannot just sit down here and speak about saying it only, but in reference to Jamaica and those larger countries, what do you think they're learning their history class? Because they don't learn about saying it. Because when, they, when <laughs> I encounter them in school, oh, we are saying it. Is it it's the part of Jamaica? All I related. Okay. Yeah. All your countries no, are small. to be honest. And it's like, I'm saying it, St. Lucia, Dominica, Grenada, Guyana, they are taught about their country and their country only. If they're taught about somebody else, it's Trinidad and Guyana and Cuba because those are the, those are the other fact. bigger and islands. I can to that, so the international if there being the whole conversation of us not being selfish, they are clearly selfish. So. Let's go back to the question though. The question was that if at CSEC <laughs> level, no, no, tell me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. I mean, if at CSEC level, we're still doing the same CSEC regional exam that still tries to be broad and rounded. So that's what I'm saying. That you I that think that there should be a balance. I think that at the end of the day, there should be a balance. Because as Jalanda said, I do the international relations and I sit down in a university and their, their international perspective is Jamaica. They don't want to talk about nobody else. Oh, in Jamaica. Oh, Norman Mami. Oh, I know more about Jamaica educate? than I know about the whole, the whole Caribbean. Mm -hmm. I, and I think that, and they know more about Jamaica than they know about anything. And I think it is important and crucial for us to instill that, not the same mentality, but sliding on the same mentality in saying is where we teach our children and we teach the people who are in um, our high schools and whatever about saying is history, about the small, it could be the smallest thing about, about but, that. But guess, Ayana, no, but guess what? what? You, guess what? What I mean from you, Ayana, is that they're still limited. Because if you're going to tell me you're in Jamaica, which has a population of 23 million or mm -hmm. whatever population, and all you know about is Jamaica, you're limited. That's what I'm saying. They you're are limited, limited because you still need to be rounded. But at the I'm same saying. time, at the same time, like I said, I, I'm not saying that we should be on the same level, but we should also take that, um, what do you call that, pride, that national pride mm. in saying it and teach our children about saying it's history and not just about the greater Antilles. But guess what? Mm -hmm. If we want to go back to Sisek, um, in Mar 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 Mauritania, <laughs> you learned about uh, the etc. the mm -hmm. different things they taught you. Yeah, we could be realistic that Sisek will not bring an entire page on saying this, but that doesn't mean that we need to we neglect it. This them. is us teaching our children about our story. So even if we have to start with saying it, 
going to death, educate, let them learn who we are. There are so many and then you're branching to the place. other Caribbean islands because you're not going to be essential in the exam. Then that's a different conversation. We branch into them after the fact, but don't ever minimalize because as made very clear, the other countries, especially the bigger ones, not at all. They yeah. don't ever minimalize and that's exactly, I feel like it contributes a lot to their pride. So, so maybe what how about do, we use that to try to build our country's pride as well? So maybe what our suggestion could be then that when it comes to history exam, let the, the Ministry of Education for whichever specific country focus on their history and focus that exam based on that and set up a curriculum based on promoting their history so that they can, in, in, in result, promote it in, on an international level. I agree, but also I think that we should also implement it as you talk about exams, because they get exams in December twentieth. So mm. you could you could quiz them, you could talk about. I'm saying it, it doesn't necessarily have to. Well, I I, I like I like your point as well. I'm saying I don't really I don't mind one bit the generalizing the different Caribbean, the Caribbean islands, regional, making it more regional. I'm just saying within our home. Within our hometown, let us play our part. Even if it's not a situation that they're going to be tested for CSEC, well, at least we know you're going to be tested um, semester one, semester two, the other one, the other semester, that's when you're going to the whole Caribbean CISEC aspect thing. of it mm -hmm. and the whole CSEC learning aspect of it. So it's more of, yeah, you could enforce it in the syllabus and the curriculum, but then it still doesn't neglect the fact that we have to do our part on our own we don't have to just rely on it being on a regional level yeah there's a there's a there's a number of books about St. Kitts and Nevis and about the people and and the his the 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 the, the people who played a, a essential part in development and how far we've come as a people there are so many things that you learn about St. Kitts like I don't know Bevan could 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 give more examples but his plane is coming. His plane shy, but none coming to my head. There's so many things, and I'm pretty sure that you never learn about these things in school. You don't learn about them in school. You learn more about Jamaica. You learn more about Trinidad. You learn more about Barbados, and it's sad. It's really sad. Anything else, guys? I think we had an awesome. Well, before we end this show, oh yeah, we have to make mention of our national heroes in saying kids. Followers as well. <laughs> so. We have Simeon Daniel, Joseph Nathaniel France, right. uh, Dr. Kevin Kennedy Simmons, Robert, Robert Bachelor, Bachelor. Van, no. Paul so well. Joseph Nathaniel. I feel like they're doing a good job. Dr. Cuthbert, Sebastian. You said say Paul so well? Yeah. Cuthbert Sebastian, Denzel Douglas, who has been our Prime Minister for 20 years. So you could imagine, 20 years. We have to pick up Denzel Douglas. <laughs> Yeah, you're caught up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and even the even um the unsung heroes who play a small role in in like little things all like the man who does play the the saxophone. the saxophone downtown that they just give you a whole vibes in early in the morning. But not only that, unsung heroes like I remember. Oh, we forgot about Kim Collins. Yeah, but then. Speaking about unsung heroes, Lux Carnival actually posted some prominent figures in the carnival industry and had Banco, which is true because every carnival Banco. without uh, missing, he actually promotes our culture with the, with the, in the costume. Most so it's definitely. not just the... Most definitely. The representing of the sun, so we have an orange bathing suit, but he actually lets us go on with this trolley, this, um, if it's the peta, it's the bamboo stick. Yeah. 
So he's one who always depict our our true our culture, culture in, in the costume. Most definitely. And I mean, there's a number of, of uh, there's a number of people, and we could we could we could name them all afternoon, all night. We could name them, but it's just too much to mention. Nonetheless, we are very, very grateful, this generation in particular, very grateful for all of the hard work and all of the voices and all, everything, everything that just worked together so flawlessly to get us where we are today. And we just really want to recognize that. You also want to thank our sponsors. Yeah, we don't know. And so that wraps it up we would like to let everyone know to follow us on theshow.kn on facebook instagram and youtube i mean normally this video this um show is one hour long but if you visit our pages regularly we have little short clippets of of, of highlights of the nights interesting highlights that you guys could always follow us and and see more but also on the note of black history month I would like to note that every February, Black History Month is not just to wear the African clothing, as Ayanna said, but it's a moment. <laughs> for, so that's what it is. <laughs> okay, sorry. sorry. But it's a moment for us to honor our ancestors. So when you dress up in the prince and what's not, we with great pride. Remember, we came from. We have a long, 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 long battle. We came from being slaves, literally. Okay, <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> so it's a moment for us to honor who we are, honor the skin of our, uh, the color of our skin, brown, oh, melanin, that, melanin, chocolate, melanin, <laughs> <laughs> and our hair, our natural roots, everything about everything us. about us. So, so as I said, I don't give the pages for this one, this one. Yes. Okay. So before we leave, again, one more thing, we really want to thank um, everyone who work, who's working behind the scenes, Bevin, Anzel. Javaldo, Neo, our peer ones for being so supportive in all of this endeavor. See you guys next week Sunday.